Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 14, and our chapter for today is Leviticus chapter 23. I hope you're reading these chapters with great anticipation and joy, but I can tell you some days as we go through the text, as we go all the way through the Bible, some days will be like peaches or strawberries and cream. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. And then other days, it may be dry, but it'll be nourishing and it'll feed your soul. So as you read through these chapters, you're going to have the ebb and flow of discipline. Just form the habit and God will reward you handsomely, I assure you, and you will be fruitful and God will establish your way and he will help you to live a spirit-filled, meaningful life. In chapter 23, we start off and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the Moed, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations these are my moed. Now we talk about these as feast or as festivals. Some of these days are special days that have to do with fasting, not with festivities. And so what we're going to do is just go right down through this chapter and look at these special appointed times. You see the word moed means appointed time. God has set aside time on his calendar for you and for me to learn something every week, every season, every year. God has a plan and the plan of God and the calendar of God is built around the moed, the special seasons. There are these Levitical feasts that we will talk about. And then there are two other feasts of the Jewish people that were added down through the years. There's Purim, which has to do with the casting of lots in Esther. And there is an entire festival that has grown up around that. And it is a memorial for the people of God to remember the great providence of God in saving the Jewish people. And he's done that down through the ages. After all, he's God and he's very capable of doing that. And many times those who have sought to destroy Israel have been the ones themselves who have been destroyed. And it shall be that way until Messiah comes comes again. And so as we go through these, you're going to see the festival days of Leviticus, the Moed, the appointed days and the appointed times of Israel out of Leviticus. But you'll also see in Esther that you will have a special day. And then there is another day called the Feast of Dedication or Hanukkah. That has to do with the rededication of the temple during the Greek period by the Maccabees and the great revolt against Greece. And that ushered in a period of approximately 100 years when Israel was living in great freedom and they were expanding their borders once again. 
But back to Leviticus chapter 23. The first thing that God does is set aside a time every week, an appointed day every week, and it's called Shabbat. It is in verse 3 where God says six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is Shabbat. It's time to stop. You see, the word Shabbat has the idea behind it in its etymology, in its root meaning of stopping, of sitting, of being quiet, of not working any longer. That's why it's called Shabbat. You work for six days. That's right. Six days God expects us to work. You see, an idle mind is the devil's playhouse. And so we need to be busy about the Lord's work for six days. We need to do whatever God's put in our hand to do. Six days, not four, not five, but six days we are to be active. And then on Shabbat, we are to stop. That means stop, rest, do something different. And that has to do with spiritual realities. That has to do with spiritual worship. That has to do with acknowledging that God is the creator and the sustainer of life. And God says, I want you to do that every week, and then you get a fresh start. You get to start all over again. And we do that on the first day of the week, which we call Sunday. And so God said, I want you to work six days and then I want you to stop. I want you to rest. I want you to sit. I want you to be quiet. I want you to reflect and not just reflect on anything, but reflect on who God is, that he is the all powerful creator. He's the life giver. He is the sustainer of life and everything we have comes from him. And we owe him everything that we have. We owe it all to him. So that is weekly. And then God begins the calendar in the spring. Isn't that just like God to have a new beginning in the spring for all of us? And he does. That was lambing season. That was when the winter rains had come and there's plenty of grass so that the ewes can go out and they can have plenty of grass to make plenty of milk so that those little lambies can get all the nourishment they need so they can grow and the cycle is repeated every year in the spring. It is Aviv. It is Abib. It is the beginning of the year. And after the time of the Babylonian captivity, it is called Nisan, the month of Nisan. You see, Aviv can not only talk about the month of Eve, but it can also talk about a season of spring because that's what Aviv means is spring, not spring where you get a drink, but but spring as in the season. That is when the beginning of months will be. We just had Exodus chapter 12 and 13 and 14 as the beginning of Passover, of Pesach, and this is exactly when everything began. It is the beginning of all the year for the children of God, the people of God, the nation of Israel. These are the feasts of the Lord, according to verse 4. These are the moed of the Lord, holy convocation. 
qualifications. That means set apart. They are to be different in every way than any other day or any other week or any other season. Holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. Festivals, feasts, fast days, hogs. And so on the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. Now we read about all of that and the great plagues and everything that took place from when God said in Exodus 6, he was going to do four things. I will, I will, I will, I will. He did just what he said he would do. And then in chapter 12, he institutes the Passover, the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. And the Jewish people, from that point on, the firstborn belongs to God because God spared their firstborn on that night by the shedding of lamb's blood. And then you have the festival of firstfruits. Now that comes on the first day of the week after the Sabbath of Shabbat. That is the day of first fruits. Now, what was first fruits? First fruits was when you had the offering of the barley harvest. And what you would do is just go out in the field and find the best head of grain that you could find, the best sheep or stalk, as some would call it. And you would bring that and you would wave that one before the Lord. And that was the promise of more to come because it was the first fruits. You see, God deserves the best. He deserves the first. He deserves everything. He gets to choose, and that's why he gets the firstborn of all animals, the firstborn of every human being, every son, every daughter, whatever. The firstborn belongs to God. And then you have the firstborn of the crops, because Israel was an agrarian society all the way up until after the period of the exile. Then they became more involved in being merchants and bakers and candlestick makers, all of those things that we use as puns. Well, exactly. That's what they became. But they also are a people of the earth. Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister of Israel, said that that's the way, in essence, that Israel would be a nation and would learn to be a people is by getting out and working the land and living in the land, living on the land, living off the land. The land and the people are inexorably linked in the Bible. And the land is so important to the people and so important to God that he gives it human characteristics. The land groans, the land weeps, the land rejoices, the trees of the field clap their hands, on and on and on. All of these are ways of saying that God is the God of heaven and earth. And so this was the offering of first fruits. Are you catching on, those of you who are listening, who are followers of Jesus? Jesus was our Passover. He is the one that shed his blood. We remember that through communion, through the time of reflecting upon what he has done for us. We remember him. We remember the blood he shed. We remember his body that was broken for us was sacrificed.
sacrifice for us. He arose from the dead on first fruits on the first day of the week. And then the Feast of Weeks from the day of first fruits, which is the first day of the week after the Shabbat, the eighth day as it would be. That is when Jesus rose from the dead from that day of first fruits. You count seven Shabbats or a week of Shabbats. That's 49 days, seven times seven. That's there's seven days in a week, seven weeks, seven times seven. That's 49 on the 50th day is Pentecost, the 50th day. That is when the Jews celebrate and remember every year the giving of the Torah, the giving of the law to Moses when Moses gave the Ten Commandments, which is part of the Torah, when God gave those to Moses and Moses then gave them to the people, that happened on the day called Shavuot. That is the Feast of Weeks on the 50th day. It is on that special day that God sent the Spirit of God, the great miracle, to live within us, not just to be Emmanuel, God with us, but God in us. And that's the great miracle of Pentecost. Sometimes we get caught up in the supernatural manifestations of Pentecost, the sound of the wind, the sight of the fire, and the speaking in other dialects and languages that were known but never studied. Uh, those were certainly supernatural manifestations and miraculous. But the great miracle of Pentecost is that the God who made us, the God who designed us, the God God who saved us has now come to reside in the weakest believer and follower of Jesus. That happens basically in late spring, early summer, usually in May sometime, as far as our months are concerned. And then you go an entire summer, and at the end of summer, you have Yom Teruah, the blowing of the trumpet. Yom Teruah is also called Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. That is when the civil new year began. Now, remember, the religious year, the beginning of the year, is in the spring, in Nisan, in Aviv. And it begins with Passover. But the appointed time that God gave, Yom Teruah, in the fall of the year, had to do with the harvest and the beginning of the civil new year. This is when all of the things were counted, and this is when the sabbatical year was dictated as to when it started and when it ended. was not in the spring on the religious Passover month, but on the day of Yom Teruah. Now, let me go back before we go on to Yom Kippur and say that after Passover, actually when Passover begins, you start a festival or a moed that's called unleavened bread because for a period of an entire week and a day, you have a period of unleavened bread where there is no leaven in the home. That was to help them to remember that they had to leave in haste the festival of first fruits came about during that time as well, during that week of unleavened bread. In preparation for the Passover, if you're in Israel, you're going to go through a ritual of cleaning the house. That's when the spring house cleaning took place because they swept clean every bit of the house. They turned everything upside down to make sure there was no leaven whatsoever because the 
that represented sin and that which is banned and uh, is taboo in the Jewish home during that time. And so that Feast of Unleavened Bread is a very significant happening. And so they spend many times a week and sometimes longer just getting leaven out of their home and going through rituals. And all of this helps them to remember that they had to leave very quickly from the land of Egypt because God was going to rescue them with a strong hand. And so you have the choosing of the lambs on the 10th of Nisan. You have the Passover on the 14th. You begin that week of unleavened bread in the middle of that. During the week of unleavened bread, after Passover, you have the Feast of First Fruits, then you have Shavuot, and then you have in the end of summer, in the beginning of the fall season in autumn, you have during harvest time, the blowing of the trumpet, which sets off 10 days of reflection and repentance. And then you have Yom Kippur, the day of covering. That is the most solemn, holy day and a day of fasting and looking inside one's soul and letting God search and know if there's any wicked way in you. You have dealt with that and now you are ready to stand before God and to bring an atonement through the offerings and the rituals of the Day of Atonement. And then you have a period of time that passes. Usually it's about a two-week period. Then you have Sukkot or Sukkot. That is the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And it was living in shelters. The sukkah, the shelter, is built in every Jewish home. It's a time when you camp out and you eat in the sukkah. And it has certain things that when you build it, you have to do. And there's rituals that have grown up around that that are biblical and extra biblical to help the people to remember that they are strangers and pilgrims. You see, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. One day there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and God is Lord of all. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org, then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.